Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according According to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. We're going to talk some cricket right now. Today... The Black Cats start their ODI series against India at Eden Park, looking to bounce back after a muddling run of the white ball form. Turbulence and controversy are two words that the Black Caps and New Zealand cricket haven't really had associated with the four for the better part of a decade as fans and the organisation have enjoyed a golden run of talent and achievement. But times are changing, players are ageing, and the doubt is growing that the extended period of world-beating form has come to an end. Peter McGlashan is a former Black Caps wicketkeeper and he's commentated a truckload of his latest generation and he's also coached a young Israel Dag back in the mighty Hawks Bay and hopefully he keeps those stories in his pocket. Morning, Peter. Morning, Lefty. Times are changing, players are ageing. You didn't write that, did you? I did. I did. Of course I did. Of course I wrote that. There was a bit. There was. There was. So you just come out swinging straight away. I said when they said you were coming on. I said, "Well, it's funny, say he actually coached me at a young age, and uh, when I was running into the crease and bare feet, and he was wicket keeping behind the sticks, mate. How you doing? Anyway, what are you up to these days, Pete? Oh, mate, I'm uh, busy, busy. I, uh, I'm on the local board for Mount Kikitamaki, Auckland Council, as a, as a local politician, and I'm also working at Waka Kotahi. So uh, I've got, I got, uh, got plenty of things on the go. But, uh, yeah, mate, that, uh, it's one of my favourite memories from Sky TV, is you rocking up to me uh, at Waikato Hospital with Sat Guildford, saying, do you remember coaching me at cricket? And I must admit, you know, there was a lot of players that I coached over the years, and but you were one of the ones who obviously had to make that tough choice between rugby and cricket. You could have been the next Trent Bolt. <laughs> no, mate, not, not even close. I enjoy 140 my Ks, days. they reckon. Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> mate. Calm down. Don't bring it up. You're just feeding beaver. No, no, those are good days. Those are good days. We had some good times at Parkville, and I always remember you behind the behind the stumps there, and I was trying to rip it down there, but you were just, mate, phenomenal with those uh, those gloves and hands. So appreciate you coming on. Anyway, what are your expectations uh, for this ODI series, Pete? 
Yeah, I think it's always a big day when the Indian team comes to town. I know when I played against them, it was you know the biggest occasion of my playing career. Um, it's a little bit of a shame the weather that we've had in Auckland recently. I'm not sure what sort of crowd we'll get at Eden Park this afternoon, but you know, as you mentioned in your intro, there's a few players that are needing to prove themselves and a few players which will um, you know, potentially be one of their last series against one of the biggest countries. Hey, Pete, it's Kempe here, mate. Firstly, uh, congratulations on your daughter, I hear, con- uh, graduating from Takiura last week alongside my daughter. Is that correct? In, uh, oh, it was her, my um... wife, but I'm sure she'll appreciate the compliment. It's, uh, oh, <laughs> yes. My, my, wife, my wife finished Takiura uh, uh, in, in the class next door to, to your uh, daughter, and it was awesome to see. Was it you and your son doing the haka to celebrate the graduation the other day? So. Yeah, it's that's a big right. commitment for Fano to be doing that. So, uh, yeah, part of our Fano's Rio journey, that's for sure. Oh, awesome. Oh, well, congratulations for that, mate. Hey, uh, I guess, do you suspect the um, players themselves feel under pressure to perform and prove that this golden run isn't done? Yeah, well, I think there'll be there'll be a few people looking over their shoulder, obviously, with the discussion about mm. Martin Guptill over the last few weeks and mm. realising that, you know, as, a, as professional athletes, you don't always get to choose when you finish. And, you know, I know that was something that Izzy um, worked his way through when he finished his rugby career. It's, it's one of those things where you, you always hope that you'll finish on your own terms and, unfortunately, sometimes those things are taken away from you. So it does, it will be a reminder for this crop to, to know that, you know, the the coaching and selection staff will will do what is required for the best of the team. Mate, where, where are we as with depth in the country in terms of cricketing around the domestic um, game back in NZ, Pete? Like, have we got enough depth to be able to you know fill those gaps, those those voids that these generational players have had had for a long time? Is the depth strong? Yeah, I think we'll have to wait and see. I mean, the, the, the domestic competition is much stronger than you know back in my day, where there probably was only fifteen to twenty players that could compete at the international stage. The the quality of um, and the depth is definitely much better than then because we do see these players kind of come from the domestic scene and have success straight away. But I think it's always a challenge when you have a, a really good generation who have probably dominated the local scene and then advanced at the same time to the New Zealand scene, and it does leave a bit of a hole behind them. So. You know, there are some players like the Tom Bruce's of the world who have had a bit of a go, but those players haven't managed to establish themselves. So next, we've got this gap down to the Fennellans of the world. Um, it is cyclical, and it's just one of those things. It's a challenge. How long do you keep the, the players that have done all the work for you? I think the current environment with dollar signs everywhere means that it is even harder to you know, manage that transition because you're not sure who's going to stay around for longer. It's not entirely up to the national body as to the um, succession planning. So it's a difficult time at the moment, um, but it does create lots of opportunities. Hey, Pete, so what's your, what's your read on the Guppy situation? You know, like, um, you just you touched on it there. He's, he's a legend. You know, it's been a bit of a messy one where they've pulled him out of the team and um, Finn Allen's gone back in there. They're saying that he's the next big thing. Is that gap, like, are we thinking that Finn Allen just steps into Guppy's shoes or is there a transition before he actually gets up to there? And what, how do you feel about Guppy? Do you think he's been handled yeah. right? Well, I think it's, um, it's a difficult one for Martin where he, in each of the formats, he's sort of, um, you know, he's been out of the test team for a little while. And so then he really needed to, to try and work out, okay, how do I exit gracefully from the white ball team 
because he hasn't um, had all three formats to call on. And that has meant that it's come to this kind of crunchy point much faster than a Kane Williamson who can kind of pick and choose which format he finishes when. I think it will take a while because Guppy's an amazing player. It will take a while for Finn Allen to fill those boots, but we do need to prepare the next generation to come through. Um, as Kane pointed out yesterday, you know, Guppy hasn't announced his retirement. If he still wants to push for the opportunity to play in the Black Caps, he can. But by turning down the central contract, it does say it does send a bit of a signal to selectors in New Zealand cricket that um, you know his focus might be elsewhere. So uh, we're just starting to see that. I think I noticed that um, you know Jimmy Nisham's the only player who doesn't have a central contract who's still involved in this series, with the likes of Bolt and others um, stepping away. So I think it's the start of you know, potentially a, a river of players who are in that generation um, and would rather go out on their own terms rather than have someone, you know, tell them their time is up. So we're mainly focusing on the batting sense, um, Peter, but you get a sense if, if Tim Southey does something similar, Trent Bolt's already gone, we've lost one of our leading bowlers uh, in the game. So are, are we, do we have enough depth in New Zealand to, worst case scenario, Tim Southey, gets an injury or steps aside, there's someone be able to come in. Who would take over that captain's armband for our bowling unit? Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because, you know, Tim and, and Trent have been um, the backbone of this side for so long. Lockie Ferguson, you know, is still reasonably young and, and could pick up that. Uh, guys like Tickner and that have had a go. There's probably been more... Um, uh, rotation policy has probably been greater with fast bowlers and that tends to happen because of the injuries. So there's a broader number of players to pick from with the um, fast bowlers, but they probably haven't had the number of games that some of the batters have. Um, so, yeah, there's a little bit of an unknown there. You know, to see the names of uh, guys like Matt Henry still in the mix does sort of suggest that um, it's still the um, the incumbents that are dominant. But as you said, you know, you're only ever one injury away and cricket's the type of game that if you do come in and do well, then you really can secure your spot and be there for a long time. Pete, what do India always do well in one-day cricket? Uh, they're always aggressive. Um, I, you know, the, the only way you can get to the top of Indian cricket is if you're pretty, pretty special because you know there's a billion people in India who all want to play for their national team. <laughs> so if you get there, you are obviously something pretty special. Um, and you know, we see them uh, generally be pretty aggressive regardless of what they play, but they always struggle in New Zealand, in particular at this time of year because it's so bloody cold and wet. Um, so you know, New Zealand do have a bit of an advantage there from a conditions point of view. But um, if you give them a chance, uh, you know, there will always be quality who step up. So New Zealand team, it's a good test for them. You know, normally there's a pretty good crowd with a, a huge number of Indian fans in New Zealand already. So it's a good, it's a good series to measure yourself on, you know, regardless of how the team goes. Even as an individual, you can look at your opponent across the field and sort of say, actually, I matched myself up pretty well against a guy who obviously did pretty well to get to his national team. Well, if Gary Stead got to the end of this, uh, you know, this series against India, what would be a pass mark or you know, exemplary mark for this uh, Black Caps side? Um, with you know, a little bit of a a kind of roller coaster ride they've had of as of late. What what would be happy for for Gary Stead and Kane Williamson going uh, post this ODI series? Well, I think they want to, you know they want to come out of it. Um Oh, I mean, they want it to be close, you know. So with three games, um, potentially some weather getting in the mix as well, you know, they want to be kind of one, two, two, one if they can. Uh, it would be a real concern if um, if they were swept away by the Indian team on our on our own patch. Um, but you know, as long as a few individual players do come through, even if the 
on the losing tally um, in the series, as long as some of those players have stepped up and shown, shown that there is a um, there are players waiting in the wings, then you know it still would have been a, a good series. It's a strange summer with New Zealand going overseas. I think you guys have got the broadcast rights for when they go over to Pakistan. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting summer for New Zealand fans to sort of keep track on the Black Caps either here or overseas, um, and hopefully even if the team doesn't go well as a whole, if we can see some of these younger players coming through, then um, it will mean at least there's some development work happening for the next World Cup. Well, one of those players, last question before we let you go, statement innings. Do you reckon it's far away for skipper Kane Williamson? Yeah, Kane's at an interesting time of his career. He's sort of, um, you know, he's had so many injuries. That elbow, um, yeah, I think... Yeah. Jacob Warren at one stage said that he'd cut his finger off if it meant that he'd um, get back on the puck. I'm not sure Kane's going to be cutting his elbow off anytime soon, but he's one of those <laughs> players that you almost, you're always going to make room for him. It doesn't matter what team you're playing in. It doesn't matter how poor the other players are playing. You're always going to find room for him because he's world-class. But, um, you know, those days do get harder and harder um, to if, if it is affecting the rest of the team. You do look to Kane to perform, and if he is under the weather and not doing well, it can sort of send a bit of a rot through the changing room. So you do have to be careful how long you carry those those um, golden players because it can start to um, influence the rest of the rest of the team. Beautiful, mate. Appreciate your time. And and just quickly, I, I've got a vivid memory of you behind those stunts wearing that face mask, the Aero kit. You still got it, mate. Yeah, I've still got one buried in the garage somewhere. I, I don't know what your house is like, but all my memorabilia is like buried in the back room of the garage. My uh, whanau isn't the type that likes to have my cricket memorabilia on the wall. So it's quite cool kind of walking through the world now with lots of people not even knowing that I ever played cricket. It's only when times like you guys call up, someone someone will hear me at work and today and they'll be saying, I don't even know you played for the Black Cats. <laughs> well, you should, come, should have come up and said hello last week, Peter. You should have come up and, and introduced yourself. It would have been great to to uh, to say no, hello. I will, I will um, next time. It was a uh, it was a big crowd and it's a special occasion. So there's um yeah it's an it's a integral part of our Farno's journey and it was uh, obviously it, it meant a lot to you guys as well, Kimpy. So um, it was a pleasure to, to be there waiting in the wings watching. Okay, Pete. Yep. Yeah, thanks a lot for that, mate. I'm so proud of you and your wife and, and the journey that you're taking. And awesome um, that you got to uh, talk to us this morning. Uh, about everything cricket on Izzy and Kibby for breakfast. Go well, mate. Have a good weekend. And, uh, yeah, I'll look forward to um, catching up with you eventually one day. Pleasure. Cheers, Pete. Yeah, 18 minutes yeah. past seven. Makes a lot of sense, guys. Makes a lot of sense about the depth yeah. and that next generation coming through. Well, it's it's just, uh, you know, like it's, it's, just, it's just singing the same song sheet that the ABs are going through, you know. We've had such a generational period and now we're going through time when those players are going to hang up their boots, you know, and, and building for that future. And now we'll see if, if what the New Zealand cricket have done in the past with the domestic game, the community game, and, and trying to bring kids into the game of cricket, at whether it's it's working. Yeah, you know, this is going to be a tough time, a rocky time, but a time that's needed in all sports. And and every franchise, every country grows for these situations. Um, but in sense of Tim Southey goes, man, it's a huge loss because we've already lost <laughs> Tadram Bolt. Tim Southey, two players and names that have been synonymous with the Black Caps for a very long time. It's scary. But hey, he is. life goes he on. He is. Mm-hmm. Boys, do you think like there is a really telling part of that conversation where he said that that players are starting to decide for themselves when they are are moving on do you think that there is um, 
Well, what's been highlighted is that the player's voice is starting to really come out here. Like cricket, you know, you had Mahi Drysdale yesterday. Like, you think the athletes have finally woken up to say, right, we're sick of we're sick of what's going on. We're going to start deciding ourselves what what needs to happen. Yep. Yes. I, I guess we're getting a sense of that. I know, in particular, with rugby, with Adi Savea, he's um. His own identity. He's gone over. He's he's got an um his agents Jay Z brand over in America. They do things a whole lot different. I'm getting a sense of it, Kimpy. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't know if it is good or bad. It's just yeah, like the players without the players and the athletes, the sport's got nothing. So it's mm. a, you're right. It is interesting. Is in it's hard to work out whether it's good or bad. But Kimpy, have you heard of the player empowerment era of the NBA? And that's what's kind of they've gone through over the last yeah. decade, where players have been able to force their own ways out of teams. They sign these massive contracts, and then they force their way to be traded out of teams. They can sit out. They say, "No, I'm going to get an independent doctor. I'm going to go see an independent specialist. No, my mental health isn't right. I'm not playing." They have taken the power off the teams in the NFL because you know we're light years behind American sport and European sport here. We're in this young part 100%. of the world. In the NFL, it's still very much a a owner-driven competition, and that has created a lot of issues. And they've, you know, you're seeing that in the CTE debate. And um, Chris Nowinski, mm. who we spoke to, that's a lot of that is that issue. The players haven't been able to felt like they've had enough of representation, and that collective bargaining between players and governing bodies is such a dynamic and ever-moving relationship. And in New Zealand, you are bang on. We are just starting to get to the tip of the iceberg. 100%. And Mahi Drysdale and what they are doing, whether they're going to be, whether the ERA says they are employee, they are employees of high-performance sport or not, will be seismic shifting in the way that athletes are treated in New Zealand, Kimby. Hundred percent, and you know they say and they use it. I, I had a few conversations yesterday, boys, um, after the show because what uh, what was put in out in the papers yesterday isn't new. It's been around for a long, long time. It's just that we've got a profile in Mahi Drysdale's name, Olympic gold medalist, that's at the at the forefront of it at the moment. They said finger on the pulse. I'll tell you what they've done. They've actually put their hand inside their chest and they've got their heart in the hand. That's how close they are to the actual source of the issue. So watch the space. It was really interesting what Peter McGlashan just said there about players deciding their futures. Yep. I think we are going to see some, like you said, Louis, seismic shift happen. Right, quarter to eight. He's only been in the country for a couple of weeks, but boy, oh boy, the Irishman <laughs> has not wasted any time. Devastates finding. She's dominant, is trying to get on terms over on the outside. Here it is, Devastates. She's dominant. And Penny Wacker, but Devastate too good. And Joe Doyle gets a group three. No, oh, did he ever. Yesterday, the Golden Spring continued for Andrew Forsman. More group success as Devastate cruised to victory in the stakes race there. Uh, it was just the perfectly rated ride for me of Joe Doyle that caught the eye. The Irishman, he's relocated down mm. here along with Warren Kennedy and Craig Zaki out of South Africa, and it's a much-needed boost to our senior riding ranks. Joe's been good enough to take the call into the show this morning. G'day, Joe. How you doing, fella? Oh, good. Oh, good. Thanks very much for having me on, guys. Oh, thanks for riding winners that we can back. <laughs> Joe, you're going good. Yes. Thanks a million, Joey. Bye. <laughs> you're going good. <laughs> T- talk to us. How did you end up down here? Um, yeah, so... Uh, 
last last summer or well the summer at home the ho- summer just gone at home I had a a friend who 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 owned a horse she's from um, New Zealand that that I'd been riding and we kind of got talking one day and, and you know she suggested that I come over and um, and give it a go down here especially when the you know we we've got we're heading into the quiet season at home now so you know we kind of got got talking and um she she linked me up with tim and margaret carter and uh, i've been here for the last two weeks and it's it's been going really well matt you'll be used to this weather being summertime (laughs) here in new zealand be similar to the summer you have in 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 ireland mate but talk to us about your career over in ireland have you had a good few years in the saddle up there yeah look i've been i've been riding for the last 10 years i you know i took my license out when i was 16 and um I did did a year at home while I was still in school, and and then I moved to the UK. I did five seasons over there while I was an apprentice, and I got through my through my claim. And you know, I, I rode plenty of winners in in the UK, but my kind of my weight got away on me eventually, and I I t- ended up taking eighteen months um, out of the saddle. And then when I got back. I did a bit of time in America, and when I got back from America, my weight was good again, and and I said I'd give it another go. Had had the last four years in Ireland, good and good and average, but um, you know, I I I thought it was time for another change, and and you know, I'm I'm very glad I made the jump. Joe, welcome, welcome to New Zealand, Joe, and welcome to that uh, that group racing that you can get the the big devastate home for us the other day. We love that. But, mate, what we really want to know, because the Irish are a lot like the Kiwis, and I know a guy down here who's very good at giving a spray. Who's given you the biggest spray as a trainer up there in, the, in Ireland? In Ireland? Uh, well, yeah. the, 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 wor- the worst I ever got was, was probably from a boss uh, in the UK called uh, John Quinn, a fellow Irish man, and he won't mind me saying it. But, uh, yeah, back, 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 when I was, uh, back when I was a seven-pound claimer, but... Oh look, you know it, it, it comes. It comes with the territory, unfortunately, and you know it's a high pressure job. We're in professional sport, you know. Somebody's got to be to blame. So, yeah, that's right. I don't know if you heard the one moods gave Paul Blake McDougal the other day, but that was a bit of a controversy out of Australia. Um, it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they they try to tone it down for the most part in 2022. But you know, trainers they work hard. They're up early like the rest of us, and they can just get a bit cranky from time to time. Hey, Joe, what are your observations of? Um, and I asked Warren Kennedy this as well. Like as a senior rider coming from offshore, what are your observations been of New Zealand? racing and especially the riding ranks so far because we we make no live it like we are thin at the moment we've lost a lot of senior jocks in the last couple of years and especially at the moment with opie sidelined as well so um have you found it easy to pick up rides and are you you're feeling safe etc um look the thing about the the racing is i think the racing on a whole it's it's of a good quality and and the riders there's some really, really good quality riders out there, but and there's a lot of young riders, you know, who are learning, and that that can be quite hard because they can be quite unpredictable. I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong, but when you don't know where somebody's going to go or what they're going to do, you know, that, that that's when accidents happen. Yeah, yeah. And look, that that's the kind of position we're in. But but there's some fantastic young riders coming through there. 
and I'd say in a few years' time, you, you're not going to have any issues with jockeys here. Mate, we love having you down here, and your ride on Devastate yesterday was one of the goods, because I was on board too, so thank you very much for, for getting that home, mate. But did that horse give you a good feel? Because it looks fairly bloody like a champion. Yeah, no, I, 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 that was the first thing I said to Andrew uh, when, I, when I got him on the phone was, look, you know, he completely outclassed him yesterday. He, he, he's got bags of ability, that horse, and, um, you know, I, 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 expect, I expect him to come forward a lot, you know, mm. o- over the next couple of months. Beautiful stuff, Joe. We'll follow him for sure, um, Forsman and the horse as well. Actually, you got, a, you, got, you got that nice two-year-old ride for Andrew. Was it Aprilla tomorrow at Tarapa? Do you know much yep. about the uh, juvenile? Any And actually, just across your well, – because we'll let you go after this, but across your rides tomorrow at Tarapa, is there anything, if you've done the form, that you think will go good? I've got a few bits, bits and bobs. I, I tell you, I, I've got no certainty. I, I, I'll, be, I'll be hopeful more than confident, um, you know, I'd say keep an eye out for Andrew's horses. They're absolutely on fire. You know, anything he seems to run seems to be running out of its skin. So, so I'd be keeping a close eye on them. Beautiful stuff, mate. And if you're you available for bookings, trainers can just get in touch and that sort of thing. Who's doing your rides? Uh, Kevin Booth is doing my rides. He's, he's doing a fantastic job. Um, so, yeah, if, if anybody's looking for me, con- con- contact Kevin Booth. He's, uh, you know... He, look, he's on, he's on the ball. He knows what's happening. So uh, I'm very grateful to be on his team. All right, Joe. We'll see you for a Guinness next time we're at a track, <laughs> eh? Good man. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you very much for the call, guys. Best of luck. Awesome. Cheers, Joey. Joey, Joey Doyle. Mate, they're just good people. Love the Irish. Love the Irish. Absolute good blokes. Good people. Very hospitable. Guinness, though, lads. Guinness. Mm. Oh, Kempe. You could have about... <laughs> A trough of it. Yeah. It's like love it. Drinking. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really. I wanted, I wanted can't have too much of an Akimbi. Akimbi can. Yeah. Oh mate, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> can you? All night. All night long. Hey, oh, we went to the. We were watched Joseph Parker's unfortunate fight against Joe Joyce, <laughs> and it's like ten in the morning, and like by midday, Kimpy's like got them calling in another keg. <laughs> they they actually were. <laughs> Sorry, we've just oh. run out of Guinness. I don't think they were expecting to pull that many Guinnesses at ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, they should have with the English fighting. Uh, yeah, Joe Doyle. What he said there is completely true as well. Just observationally mm. about New Zealand racing, like yeah. there's a lot of really quality riders, but there's also a lot of riders that are all trying to learn at the same time. And the word he used was unpredictable. And look, that's eventually why senior jockeys um, gives them the you know a little bit of the wobbles or they, they want to step away from yep. the game because you just can't be risking it. But in a few years, we're crossing our fingers and having guys like Warren, Craig and Joe down here can only help the standard overall. Six away from eight. Good to chat to Joe Doyle there. If you want to book him, do, because he can ride. Back with some texts after this. We're only one weekend and this World Cup has already brought us plenty of upsets. Fortunately, both mine and Kempe's sweet stakes team started well with Belgium beating Canada and Wales holding on for a draw with the US. One man who will be stoked as Kempe is to see Wales get a point as proud Welshman Scott Saunders from 90 Min. He joins us now live from Qatar and what an absolute legend he is for taking our call live during a game with Brazil getting served by Serbia playing behind him. Thanks for speaking to us, Scott. How you going, mate? 
I'm going well, mate. It's pretty loud in here. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolute <laughs> pleasure. Getting to see Brazil and talking to Izzy Dag. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, I really appreciate your time. This is epic. We're live from the stadium. I can hear it in the background, mate. How good is it? Oh, it's amazing. Some of these games have been some upsets in this tournament. We saw Argentina yesterday, Germany uh, as well. They've been mm. both fallen. And uh, it's just the atmosphere has really picked up over the course of the last few days. And, uh, yeah, it's really picking up. But it's, it's proper exciting for us. Scott, are the Serbians ready for it, coming home and taking that, that point off Brazil today? Uh, Brazil are my pre-tournament favourites. But uh, oh, a, couple of my, no. a couple of my colleagues in work are, uh, are quite high on Serbia and fancy them as dark horses for the tournament. So I'm kind of interested to see how this one goes, to be honest, because they've got a few quality players. But I still fancy Brazil to, to come through this, I'd say. Hey, do, you, do you know what this shows? That you can have fun without alcohol. I get a sense that everyone's just really enjoying this tournament, mate. Like... We, from far away, it looks like everyone's having a whole lot of fun. But is it, is it being staged or is everyone genuinely enjoying it? I call it interesting. A little bit weird <laughs> as well. Um, it's, it's, it's quite odd. There's certain areas of the country, certain areas which have been put up for fans to kind of congregate and enjoy themselves. Um, but around the stadiums, the noise hasn't quite been that good in the games that I've been to until I get inside. Um, but it's it's taken its time to light to light a fire, I guess. Um, but it is it's a different one. It's my first World Cup, but this it's not exactly what I expected, to be honest. Yeah. No. No. Can we just rewind it back a little bit? Ronaldo played earlier this morning. What's he? He's looking pretty emotional. What's it like over there? What's the temperature of everybody that's at the tournament? When Ronaldo ran out this morning. Um, we're looking at. In degrees, I do. You, I do degrees in the UK, degrees Celsius, uh, 25 <laughs> to 28 usually. Uh, in the evenings, it's a little bit cooler. Uh, let's see what it is now. 22 degrees at the moment. Uh, so this is this is perfect condition for the players who are playing late at night. But Wales play uh, against Iran at the height of the day tomorrow, and uh, tomorrow our time over here. And it's uh, it'll be difficult for the men, but uh, you know. I think they're adjusting. They're adjusting. Well, what about Ronaldo? Cristiano Ronaldo. How has he been received after probably the biggest three weeks of his career, his life? Is everyone still taken to the Ronaldo man? Yeah, it's, it's been a weird... You say biggest few weeks of his career. He's had some massive weeks of his career so far. But even this, <laughs> that interview, which has gone around the world, was just something yeah. else for him. Uh, you know, he's, I'm sure he'll take some credit for the Glazers finally deciding to sell to sell Man United, which has just come out over the last few days. I think there's a bit more to it than that. Uh, but you can see him before the game that he just played and scored in, that he was emotional with the anthem. Uh, and there was a bit as well. Uh, he scored in the game, but he was subbed off after Portugal went 3-1 up. And uh, a player who scored against Portugal did his celebration. And uh, you could see him on the bench getting irate about it. So it was quite funny. Quite, uh, <laughs> but he's wanted to prove a point here. He hasn't got a club anymore. Obviously, Man United have now released him. Uh, but he's going to want to... The one thing that he doesn't have is the World Cup. 
like Lionel Messi, they both don't have the World Cup, so I think they're going to give everything to this. And I think Portugal's win today was uh, was quite important. Messi has a lot to do, though, I think. Oh, Yeah, Messi, oh. well, geez, they lost that first one. That's not um, too good for them. What about, like, has there been... It's very, very... Uh, I guess they're all into it over there, very noisy. Is, it, is there been a lot of women at the games like there's talk that there isn't very many women in the stadiums what's it what's it been like the atmosphere like it's very loud there but is it very male dominated or is there cross um gender there with women as well that's sitting in there um so one thing the stadiums aren't full uh the stadiums aren't full so uh the stadiums are massive uh but they i haven't really seen a full brim to full to capacity Full to the Brim Stadium yet, but from what I've seen, uh, the, there's plenty of women in the stadiums. You know, uh, everyone's seeming to be having fun when they're going in. So, I, not that I've noticed that on the ground, no. Mm, okay. Well, tournament favourites from the start. We always like to predict. You're obviously watching Brazil. We've seen ten minutes of them, so they're probably still firm favourites in your eyes. But who else has looked pretty dominant from first outing? Well, as a Welshman. Uh, I was at the England game the other day and I didn't quite enjoy England smashing Iran 6-2. Uh, I would prefer yeah. they didn't win it, to be honest, as a Welshman. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but they looked strong. France looked strong after a setback early on against Australia the other day. Uh, and I think Spain with a 7-0 win, obviously. Uh, not a pre-tournament favourite, really, but I think one result that might make a few people stand up and take notice that, yes, Spain are in this competition. They've won it recently as well. So, uh you know, the beauty of this is, with Brazil playing now, with Argentina losing, with Germany losing, this is a very, very open World Cup. And uh, there's a mm. lot of teams with a lot of quality players that could win it. So it should keep, you, should keep fans invested right, through, right throughout the tournament, I think. Well, you, think of, you think of the big names that are playing this tournament. You've got the Messi's, you've got the Ronaldo's. You've got big names throughout every single team. The biggest names in footballing world. But you've got Kylian Mbappe. For France, is this his chance to really stamp his mark as one of the top players, if not the top player in the world at the moment? Oh, absolutely. I think he's uh, he, he, he was a star at the 2018 World Cup, mm. made his impact there as France won it. Uh, so he's yep. got that in his locker already at the age that he's at. While Messi and Ronaldo, you know, in, in their mid-30s now, late-30s, still uh, striving for a World Cup. But Mbappe, is uh, he's just another level at times, and he really turned it up as the game went on against Australia the other day. So I think he's going to want to seal his legacy as one of the best players in the world and the, the best players of all time throughout his career. And I think two World Cups would be a hell of a statement to make. And then whatever move he decides to make later in his career, whether it's Real Madrid or whether he wins the Champions League with PSG, uh, you know, he will, be, he will be remembered forever, even at this early age, as one of the greatest to have played. Mm. All right, mate, we're going to let you go. But before I let you go, I'm just going to have to say it. Um, have you been to Georgia? I've not. Why is that? Because Georgia beat your rugby team last weekend. I was just wondering if you... Oh, mate. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so I'm so invested in football that I've completely forgot about that. Oh, my word. Honestly, I, I can't believe what I'm seeing. The rugby is just... Welsh rugby... I've got tickets to go watch the World Cup next next year, so I'm all for all of Wales's group games. I'm looking at it now. I don't want to go anymore. That 
<laughs> Sorry, man. I just had that way go. It's going to be a ga great game this weekend. You're taking Australia, both in similar situations. So, look, you could win the one this weekend. Mate, we'll let you go because you're right in there. Thank you so much for finding time, Scott. You're an absolute champion. Enjoy the tournament and go, Thank Serbia. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yes. Amazing. How good our electric does the atmosphere sound, lads? Mate, it sounds that awesome. crazy. They are losing it. Nil all after 15 minutes. <sighs> Everyone thinks Brazil, yeah. Well, I don't know Serb Serbia, dark horse. Serbia, I'm thinking I'm thinking the Netherlands are uh, a real genuine chance. Hey, boys, we're, Belgium. we're about th th 13 minutes. What about Georgia? That is <laughs> Georgia. Maybe that was a little stab, eh? Very what good. Mate, Wayne Pivak, just quietly, he's on thin ice like they mm. are they want razor but i don't think they're going to get him but the sharks are circling if i like leo mcdonald or like another up-and-coming new zealand coach there's going to be a job on offer in wales very very shortly anyway even australia mate yes yes absolutely just across <laughs> he's on, he's um, nice too. boys we got dan mccarty and david choke calling this game in the scnz app i'm wondering whether just because we've been inside the stadium should we go to the call and take a little bit of it in for five minutes Handy. Bang. Do let's, it. Let's do it. Let's catch up with DMAC. in the USA. Right to kick off Thanksgiving. Friday, let's go back to Monday, where we caught up with world champion Kiwi. Trampoline is Dylan Smith, after winning his yeah. first world title. And obviously he wants to keep that number one rank for as long as possible. I'm definitely going to give it a good shot. I actually got told the other day, well, actually yesterday, um, I'm the first non-Chinese athlete to win world champs for the men's since 2007. And you definitely want to um, try and keep it away from them as, as long as I can. It <laughs> <laughs> was good. That was honestly out the gate. Is that a turkey or is that me? <laughs> you bloody turkey. <laughs> How good, Dylan. That was out of the gate. Oh, that was fantastic. We obviously keep on moving through it with Chris Landrum, too, joined us on Tuesday. He ain't going to get a song out of me, is he? To chat about Super Rugby. Oh, picky. He also made sure to give a big me to the wahine who are building rugby up in the country at the moment. We also asked him about the Women's International Rugby calendar, and this is what he told us was in the works. We should have another Pacific Four tournament in the sort of probably the second quarter of the year. And then the, the big tournament, hopefully, is what we're referring to as WXV or Women's 15s International Nations tournament, which should happen towards the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of them running around don't, outside at the moment, actually. Don't, don't <laughs> get up, play that turkey, please. It's so ugly. What is that? Grant Boone also joined the show that day to chat about the one, the only Lydia Ko. I think we all owe thanks to this genuine superstar of New Zealand sport. Like all of us at home, Grant is so proud of Lydia and holds her in the highest of praise. 
we can sum it up like this. She's very simply cemented herself as one of the greatest players in the 72 years of women's golf. Wow. <laughs> that is a hell of a statement, honestly. Grant Boone, that voice, oh, brings back a lot of memories. We love you, Lydia. You're just an absolute champion. She's going to go on and get married now, lads. So... Lydia Co. stepping Mark up to the big Brown world. Mark Brown joined us on Wednesday to talk about his experience with Razor Ray. Mark Brown gave Razor some thanks and said, let's get to see how Razor works. <laughs> it exceeded my expectations, to be honest. Um, in terms of England, it would be the exactly the person that, that they kind of need I think to, to kind of lift that environment and, and get them out of playing with a bit of fear you're a turkey yeah. oh <laughs> god this is just out the it gate was, honestly it's so good I love Fridays and that's what we should be not too serious on a Friday <laughs> we're heading into the weekend I hope you've had a good week like ourselves the tipple oh. of the week has to be this the biggest thanks of the week has to go to the great man Jay Galdard from the Etu Tangata Jay came to chat about New Zealand's history with tall poppy syndrome and removing the elephant in the room Jay got emotional when he thought of New Zealand without tall poppy syndrome I get emotional because I just think about a country where I'm, I'm upon our, our, our kids are going to grow up in a country where they actually can be all that they want to be uh, rather than being ripped out for having dreams and aspirations. And I think we do need to do this because this we're in a dark hour. And I think that I, I get emotional because I think this is something that we can implement, which is so easy, that can speak life into each other, can speak life into the next generation, because they're going to grow up in a world that's hard enough as it is. And mm. I want New Zealand to be a country that actually we stand together and we look out for each other and we call each other out. You know, mm. here through Tangata, we don't do that anymore. And um, that's what my hope is, Kempi, as, as, mm. as this goes um, into, the, into the future. E to yes. Tangata. That's right, Izzy. And uh, he touched base with us yesterday. Jay Gilgart is coming up to Tamaki on the 15th of December, and we're going to sit down and have a chat and see how he can also introduce his program into the rugby league community. I'm looking forward to giving that man the champion, our uh, more than just an athlete this week, a massive, uh, a massive hand to, to continue the great work that he does. Yeah, beautiful, mate. It was awesome to catch up with Jay and all our guests throughout the weekend. If you've just, if you've missed any of those interviews, catch ups, head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the SCNZ app, and uh, you can listen to all of them. You can listen to all of them. You won't be disappointed. We had some fantastic guests, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, Dan, it's probably a good time to say I'm sorry for being a tall poppy, Kempi, and calling you a turkey for trying to sing. <laughs> Um, and I'm, I'm also sorry for you know you know me, boys. It's all good fun. I'm sorry, Joe, for being too poppy when we were doing our Movember juggling and telling you you were useless. <laughs> but you were useless. Thanks, how, Lou. How did that? Oh, did we win in the NKMB? Did we beat Drive? Because they cheated, well, obviously. You know, you know well, the, who, who oh, was well, that? It's been who a, was that doing it? It's exactly. It's been a. It's been a month of the Drive just trying to pull the wool over everyone's eyes, and unfortunately for the cameraman who ever done that work on Kirsty, forgot that she Whoever had like a black on, slacks on. <laughs> had black slacks on, and the guy kicking the ball had hairy legs and a blue short jeans. It was like, mm, okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> who was that in the office anyway? At someone in Tell the office. Tell him to shave his good. legs. Very good. So, yep, no, we smashed them, boys. Movember, 
they've got to make a, I'm going to call it a $100 donation each, Beaver and Kirsty, to Movember for losing this month. That's so uh, we'll follow that up. It's cheap. Together we can change the face of men's health. Uh, today, Chris Steele and Geordie Gibbons on their crazy golf challenge. They're out at North Shore Golf Club. Awesome. Um, so you can go, go hard, and, boys. Go and donate to them as well. They've played. They're probably what through about four hundred holes of golf. <laughs> they, they've done it in a cyclone as well. The weather has been <laughs> atrocious up here, so they're, they're blessing a little bit of sun today. I saw on Chris oh. Steele's Instagram story: Buffalo leads Detroit nineteen fourteen. Gobble gobble gobble, and uh, nil all halftime <laughs> in Brazil and Serbia. All right, you turkeys. Let's wrap up the week with Rick Dog after this. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.